One time for your mind. It's the Capital City Podcast back in effect. I'm your host, Capital J, alongside my main man, DL Glass. Now, there's been a lot of talk about people selling their catalogs lately. Mm-hmm. And when you sell a catalog, the first thing I think is that the buyer of someone's catalog, how do you make money with the catalog? A, by selling albums. Mm-hmm. You know, usually when somebody sells a catalog, the first thing that comes out is the greatest hits. Right. Second, commercial use. Mm-hmm. And the biggest the biggest one that, that people were talking about was Future sold his catalog mm-hmm. for um, mad figures. Right. And I was thinking to myself, hmm, how do you get your money back when you invest? When you make an investment in Future's catalog, mm-hmm. how do you get your money back? And then it started me thinking, is Future commercially viable? Like, I remember back in the day, Michael Jackson bought the Beatles catalog. Right. And before that, you did not hear the Beatles in advertisement. Mm-hmm. After Michael Jackson bought the catalog, the first thing that happened was they used a Beatles song to promote the Nike Air Revolutions. Say you want a revolution. Okay. Where wouldn't you know? Mm-hmm. And I was like, oh, so Michael Jackson is using this catalog to make money. Right. Now, I don't know if you heard or not, but this year is the first time, like the first part of the year was the first time that a rap album did not crack, what was it, top 10 on Billboard or something? Right. And it started me to wondering, is hip-hop losing its commercial viability? That's crazy, right? And that's what we're talking about today. How commercially viable is today's hip hop? Mm-hmm. Like MC Hammer was everywhere. He was com- he was a commercially viable artist. And when you think about commercially viable, they're usually family friendly. Mm-hmm. Um, their name is recognized across the board, right? And they usually have a certain level of positivity associated with their name and likeness. Mm Mm-hmm. Yeah. Who today, where is the commercial viability in hip-hop today? Even in Future's early catalog, like let's say if, if the same setup is in place today and Nike's looking for music, who has the music that Nike can use to sell a product? Hmm. Is today's content hurting the commercial viability of hip hop? And could that be part of the reason that hip hop is not in the place that it used to be? That, that's a good question. I, and I think when you're thinking about people buying people's catalog, because <laughs> as far as I know, I think, um, Irv Gotti, not the artist, not an artist, mm-hmm. but a producer, got the biggest bag off selling um, the catalog. And a lot of that music was extremely 
commercially viable though. The key word you said was 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 right. Right. So it it, it and I, I hate to you know kind of get off track, but at the same time, it's relevant to the conversation because if the music isn't commercially viable, then why are people investing in? These older or even some of the newer catalog, because I think Nelly sold a portion of his catalog too. Nelly's another one, absolutely commercially viable. Absolutely. And just to use Nike as an example, you know, if Nike ever decides they want to do an Air Force One commercial, he already got a song already ready for that already. Yeah. Um, let's take um. All right, since since we're talking about Nelly. Uh, Irv Gotti's people, just Ja Rule, Ashanti. Mm-hmm. Let's take let's take their catalogs and think about what kind of music is in those catalogs and how far you can reach with that stuff. Yeah, you see what I'm saying? Like, right? Um, basketball games. You might hear holla, holla. Mm-hmm. You see what I'm saying? Okay. Um, it's getting hot in here. Yeah. You know, um, today artists want to sample and revisit the sound that Ashanti had. Hmm. You know, there'll be plenty of remakes. Mm -hmm. So, so, you know, that that's a, those are valuable catalogs right there. Okay. You're going to get somewhere with those. Right. Now let's take today's artists. Some of the biggest artists of today. Let's take, um, Sexy Red, for example. If you got a product to sell, Mm -hmm. does she have any music that you would present to the general public to sell a product? (laughs) If you're at a basketball game. Now, now I think Ski Yee is probably the closest thing that would be a stadium-type anthem. You know, so she got that. But outside of that, Right. You know, I think I think that the content of today's music makes it hard to make that commercially viable. Now, now do you think it's the content of the music or just thinking about the the investments that those companies have made in recent years? I I kind of think they made bad investments. And that's what's kind of pulling them back from making future investments. In in hip-hop. Yeah, in hip-hop. Like, Nike gave Rick Ross a deal. <laughs> like, they totally <laughs> forgot this is an athletic sportswear brand. Right. <laughs> we made some shoes straight up for chilling. <laughs> now, granted, Rick Ross went on his weight loss journey. We made but- some shoes for eating wings in. <laughs> Hey. It's the new Nike wing stock. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. But but you know, right. Yeah. I mean let's look at uh, artists like Buster Rhymes. At one point Buster Rhymes was the biggest artist in hip hop. Right? From record sales to quality of music to Mountain Dew. And his Remember con- when he had that Mountain Dew. And see Buster Rhymes is where he was because he he checked all the boxes. He had right. enough content that wasn't scary. Yes, to make you back off. Right. Like um, Fat Joe had a had a deal. 
mm-hmm. in the works with Nike. Right. Then he got into that public beef right. with 50 Cent, mm-hmm. and they immediately scrapped the deal. Right. But do you think that would have been a bad investment? <sighs> I don't know. Probably. Yeah. I mean, this is no hate on Fat Joe. No, no by no means. But um, but probably can can Fat Joe motivate you? Can Rick Ross motivate you to go buy some Nike? Now on the on the flip side, you do have artists. Some artists still are commercially viable. Ice like Spice, a, Travis Scott. Yeah, Travis Scott, Ice Spice. Those are two. Yeah, examples of people that are commercially viable today. But. What is it about Ice Spice that makes her commercially viable? A lot of her content is, you know, I don't think she goes quite as far as some of the mother, you know. Well, Dunkin' Donuts gave her the the munch deal. (laughs) I know. It's like, did they even listen to the song? You know? Nope. (laughs) They following the trend. Yeah. Yeah. The TikTok trend. Right. You know? But I I still want to know why are they buying these catalogs? Like, because if... First of all, I want to know why are you selling your catalog? If if your catalog has the potential to make this amount of money, why would you sell it? I think uh, I don't know, man. For for the money that they're getting, it could be a smart idea to sell to get so sellers market right now. What is it, JG? Where 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 I mean, is my money? I want it now. <laughs> it's my money. I want it now. <laughs> because like, here's the thing. Okay, let's take R. Kelly for example. The great his. His catalog before he went to jail. Mm-hmm. Can you imagine what his catalog was worth? He sh- he should have died instead this dude, of going to jail. Right, this dude. I believe I can fly. Right, the whole trapped in the closet era. Yeah, um, you know, just he got hits galore that cross the board. He's writing for white artists, black artists, right. pop, R and B, everything. Mm-hmm. He's everywhere. Did mm-hmm. an album with Jay Z. Mm-hmm. I mean, you know. That catalog was worth something. Right. But here's the deal. When you invest in a catalog, you also invest in the person. Mm-hmm. Because that catalog's worth will forever be tied right. to the smear. what they do. Absolutely. And and not trying to be funny. Like, I, I ain't trying to wish death on, on R. Kelly or nothing. Right, right. But, but, but if he been. had died before he went to jail, right. then, you know, it, people would look at R. Kelly differently. Absolutely. And his catalog, like you don't even hardly hear R. Kelly songs, and this is one of the biggest artists yes. ever. Right. Not just of our time, just period. Period. Yeah. Period. Yeah. Like they're gonna talk about. They had R. the talent Kelly to go with it. Forever. Right. right. Yeah. Once he die, I think his catalog is gonna go right back through the roof. Right. Sad sad to say. You know what I mean? But yeah. Look at Bill Cosby. Maybe that's you know what? You just made a a good point. <laughs> Why are people investing in these catalogs? Because rappers get killed. Yes. What, what was Maybe the that's statistic? the answer. Um, Maybe that's the answer because you they, know, it, they seem to, to be worth more in death mm. than life. They paying their insurance. I mean, they already paying the the, the claim. Like, look, you look at how much money Suge probably brought in. Just like it was like Tupac. Like you know, let's take Tupac's catalog. Right. At the time when he died, he had one, two, three albums. Mm-hmm. But he had so much more music. Absolutely. That's Absolutely. part of the catalog. Right. I, I, I remember reading somewhere. I don't know how true it is, so don't quote me. But 
reading somewhere back when Shug was in prison mm-hmm. back in the day. He sat in a prison cell and Death Row Records made $100 million. Right. While he was in prison. Nobody else was putting out music. The only thing that was out there was the Tupac stuff. And they grossed $100 million while he was in prison. Right. But you can't forget that the Death Row catalog Man. is bigger than just Tupac. Absolutely. <clears throat> you got Dr. Dre's work. Yep. You got Snoop Dogg's work. Mm-hmm. Then you get whatever portion. Vanilla Ice. You got Vanilla Ice. Yep. You got um, uh, Dads and Corrupt. Mm-hmm. I mean, you know. And it, All Pound. Yeah, it just goes on and on, man. Like, Ain't no sugar got a podcast now. <laughs> don't, be, don't be promoting Shug podcast on <laughs> our podcast. Like, <laughs> should I want him to call? He got in? podcast. I don't know where you can find it though. <laughs> <laughs> I want him to call in. <laughs> but but it just it just got me to thinking. Like if hip hop isn't charting the way it used to, it makes me feel like we're headed in a direction. Where the content is scaring off the advertisers. Mm. Kind of like scaring them off from the promotion, yeah, promoters and stuff. Yeah, the, the music yeah. hasn't stopped. And right. it's it's the same music it was a few years ago. Yeah. So what's different? Maybe people are getting a little bit scared. And the way that they backed off Fat Joe when he got into the beef with 50. When you think about the way artists beef today, mm-hmm. that's one factor. Right. Then you think about the content, like the the women that are coming out. How do you um you know, how do you sell a product with a prostitute as the right. face of the as the face of of the branding campaign? Like who? <laughs> I mean, I'm just <laughs> I mean, pick one. I know. I mean, cuz the the, right. the culture they're promoting the prostitute style culture and this Absolutely. is no and this is not, you know, I'm not making this up. I'm just like I'm just keeping it real. <laughs> I'm just I'm just keeping it real. They yeah. say, "Hey, you you want to build me? It cost you this. Right. I want this. I want this." Right. Well, part of being commercially viable mm-hmm. is being palatable mm-hmm. for for a large audience of people. Right. And not everybody Wants to buy products promoted by a prostitute. Hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Or a stripper or a gangbanger. Absolutely. Absolutely. Because it has been a couple girls, um, female artists, who mentioned that um, basically they were promoting the Plan B pill. And I was waiting for the the uh, manufacturer of the Plan B pill to give them a deal. Right, but that's, that's, the stallion, Lotto, you know, right, a few of them. Right, that's not going to happen, though. <laughs> yeah, I know. Because <laughs> they don't want that association. Right. <laughs> and um, But it's not like there have been drug dealers and gangbangers to make it to a point of true commercial viability. Mm-hmm. And even somebody who, like, we could even take Cardi B out of all those other Girls that we're talking about, take Cardi B. She's able to mm-hmm. to sell products. Yeah, as is Jay Z, as is Snoop Dogg. Mm-hmm. So you had the drug dealer, the gangbanger, and the, the and the stripper. Yeah, but what you see in those three people that you don't see in these in newer rappers is you see growth and a maturity as they go through their thing. So take Cardi B out of it, yeah. 
Well, no, she she has grown because listen, I say goes. I I feel you, but but what I'm but what I'm saying is when she talks about some of the things she did, mm-hmm. she never says I was right and this was what everybody should do when she's talking personally. And that probably goes like same thing with Jay-Z, same thing with Snoop. Mm-hmm. They have taken part in a lifestyle that their music may still endorse, but when they're off, you know, when they're just talking, mm-hmm. they speak as if this is behind them. And they're trying to be in a different place in life. And that was enough to convince advertisers that it's safe to invest in their brand. I feel a little differently about that. And and the reason why I say that is because, like, Snoop, every time you see Snoop dance, he crip walking. True. Every time you see Snoop, he got a crip flag and he got on blue. That is true. What's understood don't have to be talked about. And Jay-Z... He's the exception to that rule because Jay-Z's music and everything about Jay-Z says, I left Marcy Projects behind. Right. And Jay-Z commands so much from business that they don't have any choice but to respect that person. But when you mention somebody like Cardi B, and I already talked about Snoop, it it's almost seems like it's a ploy, in, in my opinion, because Cardi B represented what so many outsiders thought of black women anyway. Right. So why not get behind this and make it go as far as it can go? You know what I mean? Like, like so Cardi B, like, bruh, like, to be honest, like, when you listen to Cardi I, I've listened to Cardi in interviews and everything. Every everything about Cardi B says ratchet. Everything says ratchet. And this is who corporate America stood behind when there are female artists out there who don't promote this, who are just as fine as just as thick as Cardi B, who don't get the same promotion. Why is that? Mm. You know what I mean? <clears throat> like, like if if Snoop didn't have that that I I think um, Snoop going through that murder trial uh-huh. is what catapulted Snoop's career because but he he him getting off on that murder trial that what, helped too, right? But, but Snoop dropped um, what was the track him and Dre did um, from Deep Cover One Eight Seven. Uh, it was called Deep Cover. The song's called okay. Deep Cover. Yeah, 187 on the Undercover Cop. Cop. That was in the midst of him going through all of this stuff. You know what I mean? And and him and Tupac even celebrated it by doing a track. Uh, what was Two that? of America's Most Wanted. Exactly. You know what I mean? <clears> and, <throat> and, you know, I don't know. I, I just kind of think looking at, you know, just looking at it from a different lens at my age now, I, I just kind of see... Like it, everything is systematic to me, and and I, I I'm able to recognize certain things. You know what I mean? Like right. Meg The Stallion. Meg The Stallion um, came out. 
I think right before the whole Tory Lanez thing happened. Somehow she's commercially viable too. How? How did Essence you know, give? Here's here's something. <laughs> she like with with her and Cardi B and Snoop. Mm-hmm. They represent a certain lifestyle, but they have this air of approachability and and i think that disarms the 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 advertisers the consumers whereas like like <clears throat> let's think of somebody okay you got snoop representing mm-hmm. representing crip all day right and somehow it's something about his personality mm-hmm. and the way he's able to work the room you know he still he got he got powerful friends. He's friends with, with Martha Stewart and people like that. He knows how to play both sides. Cardi B knows how to present. Like even as ratchet as she can be, she still has this side of her where she's showing, yo, I'm just trying to raise my kids and I don't want to be, you know. And I think that is enough to make them look the other way to all the stuff that they said and been a part of. You see what I'm saying? Like, Jay-Z doesn't do that. But, you know, to your point, he is the one that that seems to have left Marcy Projects all Mm -hmm. the way behind. Mm -hmm. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. But Snoop and Cardi have a personality that I think disarms people. Yeah. I, I, I can somewhat agree with that. Definitely. Yeah. yeah, I could somewhere agree with that. You you put you put both of them in their element without all this going on. Snoop might kill you. And Cardi so, might drug you and take your money. So what I was gonna say was why didn't Snoop la- Snoop Lion last? Why didn't gospel Snoop last? Maybe it was just strictly maybe maybe the album wasn't good. Or maybe he, because in those uh, avenues, he wasn't living up to the stereotype. And also, like, you got to think. The same way that hip-hop knows an imposter, Mm -hmm. you don't think that gospel fans can tell that (laughs) that Snoop ain't walking the walk. He's just talking the talk on these songs. But they accept the mace. Not really. Huh? Not really. Man, Mace had a following in the gospel world. <laughs> Myrtle Mace. Even after he came back to hip hop and went but back. But he also to the was preaching. Yes. And Snoop is not a preacher. No, no. You see what I mean? No. And I think that um anybody who's a fan of any genre mm-hmm. knows an imposter. <clears throat> That's why country music didn't accept non-sex. Right, little nine sex, and that's why Jesus because and his they, wife they know broke this up. is in in, um, you know, they're, they're, I can think of a million different songs that cross over, but the artist is not really a true part of that genre. It just has a hit, yeah. and the fans of that genre don't fully embrace that artist as part of their culture. 
Right. Oh, they flat out said it about Lil Nas X. Yeah, it's the yeah. same thing with um. Yeah. You know, same thing. I guess that's kind of you know, Snoop, Kanye, their gospel albums. Mm-hmm. It's like, come on, man. You you know, yeah, you could put a gospel album out, but if you drop a song the same year, you talking about having sex with a model who bleached her tail. If you get bleached on your T-shirt while you sample a gospel song, like that's not, you know, like you're immediately saying, don't pay no attention to what I said. That ain't what I'm really about. And I think that, you know, same thing for Snoop. You know, he made that, but, you know, just it does, he's only two two lyrics away from bitch. <laughs> 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 and you know what I'm saying? Yeah. yeah. And and the people, you know, true fans of the genre, they see that and they don't they're not gonna take it seriously. Right. Right. Yeah, um, Kanye led with Jesus Walks. Right, he came out with Jesus Walks, but since yeah. then he's proven himself to to not be of that life mm-hmm. all the way. Yeah, you know. Yeah, like shoot, he went from Jesus Walks to uh, he getting indecent exposure charges while he get serviced on a boat with his new wife. You know, like that that don't go together. And yeah. no true gospel artist is gonna keep right on supporting that guy. Right, right. You know. And that's that's across the board. So where um I think I think that hip hop right now has a content problem mm-hmm. more than anything. Like when I think about who is commercially viable as we you know, with fifty years of hip hop. Right. And we've watched a lot of people come and go. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> and there's always been certain artists that were more commercial than others. Mm-hmm. And I don't mean just getting played on the radio. They were the ones that got the deals. Right. You know, Run DMC, first ones signed, they got got a check from Adidas. Mm-hmm. You know, MC Hammer got a check from everybody. Yes. Uh, Young MC was able to do it. Right. Um, so, you know, like, take the West Coast where a lot of this business is happening. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, NWA wasn't getting that. Right. Two live crew wasn't getting that back then. So content mattered back then. That's why Young MC was getting in too short, wasn't. Right. You see what I'm saying? Yeah. Yeah. So I have to imagine that over time, especially as, as you know, hip-hop crossed over and became the, the language of the of America way back in the late 90s, when everything was sounding hip hop and hip hop stations were were beating out country stations in markets and you know everybody was listening to hip hop mm-hmm. but at that time that's when you had artists like Nelly mm-hmm. and and like even Soldier Boy we 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 talked about Soldier Boy earlier right Soldier Boy was absolutely commercially viable absolutely right there was you know love him or hate him Mm-hmm. You could take three songs off his album, and he, he didn't even need a clean version, right? So he doesn't have to. He knew coming into the game that he's thinking beyond the streets. Mm-hmm. You know, I want kids to be able to listen to it. I want old people to be able to listen to it. Right. I want families to be. Able, you can listen to Soldier Boy's album in your car mm-hmm. back in the day. It's a shame how Soldier Boy turned out. Yeah, 
It's a shame. He didn't, you know, he he was the last that era was the last time hip hop was all about just straight up fun. Right. Dancing, having fun. And we talk about on one of our podcasts, um, one of our earlier podcasts talked about the different eras that hip hop went through. And you can kind of tell those eras by what MCs were focusing on. Mm-hmm. Well, it started off about the party, having a good time, mm-hmm. dancing, move your butt. Right. And that's what Soldier Boy was about when he came out. Mm-hmm. You know? Right. It was good party music. Yes. And it was whole not you know, it was as wholesome as it could be con- considering right. the other things you had available to listen to. Right. Right. You know, there was you, your kids could listen to Soldier Boy. Absolutely. I think Soldier Boy is more impactful for the Atlanta music scene than Gucci Man. And I think Gucci is the king. But I think Soulja Boy, and Soulja Boy give all the credit to Gucci. Like, he, he always say all he listened to was Gucci. But Soulja Boy line, he listened to more than Gucci if he came out with the music he came out with initially. Yeah. He yeah. had to. Yeah, but for, for what it's worth, though, man, that was, you know, ever since then, like, he started a little run of of music. Like, yeah, the Travis Porter, the Roscoe Dash, Right, um, swag surfing was part of that era. Mm-hmm. You know, all this stuff happened. DJ Unk, right. you know, walk it out. Um, who was the other? The franchise, franchise boys. It was fun music, absolutely. And the club was fun, and hip hop was fun for a little while. Mm-hmm. And if you look at the music that Kanye made during that time period, mm-hmm. it was fun. Mm-hmm. And all of those guys were commercially viable at the time, right? Because they didn't have questionable, you know, you, they always say you judge a tree by its fruit. Mm-hmm. Well, if the artist is the tree, the music is the fruit. Mm. And the fruit was good. It was, you could give it to everybody. Mm-hmm. Today, this fruit, you can't give it to everybody. Some people, it'll make, give them an upset stomach or a headache. Right. Or diarrhea. Right. <laughs> you see what I'm saying? But right. back back then... There was a lot of music that you could give to anybody. Anybody could stomach it. It's like, I'm not a big fan of hip hop, but this is not too objectionable. I'll take I'll accept this. Right. And you know that that's that's gone now. Now, as big as of an artist as Drake is, do you think Drake is commercially viable? He started he he was commercially viable from day one. But as time has progressed, mm-hmm. he's evolved into, or should I say devolved, mm-hmm. into somebody that I don't think he cares whether he's commercially viable anymore. Right now, the most important thing for Drake is to stay relevant. Stay relevant. So he's allying himself with people who are not commercially viable. Right. But he doesn't need to be. Mm-hmm. He has a He has 10 years of commercially viable Stuff that that's gonna withstand the test of time. As long as he doesn't kill somebody, rape somebody, or you know, do yeah. anything outlandish, he's gonna be fine. Hmm. You know, he's another right. one that has that personality. So when he says questionable stuff, he's kind of uh, because he can sit down and talk to talk with the right people, and in general. 
he has a high favorability rate. You know, just like I said, just like Snoop, just like Cardi B. Mm-hmm. I'll give you that. Yeah, they yeah. just have to appear that they won't hurt you in real life. Yeah. Yeah. And that's what, you know, that's the key to being commercially viable. Mm-hmm. Um, <clears throat> you know, I've been plenty of other big artists. I think that may be the problem with Gucci Mane. Why you don't see him everywhere? He's been been here forever. Yeah. But you just he's just not that household name. Yeah. Because he never quite got to that point where you feel like, you know, where everybody can feel safe Hell around no. around <laughs> Gucci Man. You see what I'm saying? Right. And now as far as I know, I don't even know if he actually went, but I don't think Gucci has ever done a tour outside of the United States. Really? Yeah, I most of the countries but, won't even let I mean, him the, come there because see, of his criminal record. There's a possibility that he may not be allowed to leave. Uh, yeah, that's it. That's <clears> it. That's why he's in the track uh, where he did with Drake. He was like, um, Drake said he could pull some strings to get him into Canada. <laughs> now, if they let Gucci Man into Canada, I feel like I was racially profiled. <laughs> because the, the first couple times I went to Canada, oh, they gave me hell. Really? And I don't even have no felonies. You know what I'm saying? So what was the problem? They couldn't tell me. <laughs> so you can't get into Canada. No, I can get into Canada. <laughs> but the first couple times I went, I think they put me on the okay list. You know? But the first couple times, because of some stuff in my past as a kid, you know what I'm saying? They was, keep asking me the same question over and over. And I'm like, like the first time I went, the person I went with, they was actually scared. Called my mom like, look, they won't let him come and they won't let me talk to him. It took like three hours. Hey, like, <laughs> they're, just, they're just trying to keep Canada safe. You Absolutely. Know? Like, I don't fault yep. them, you know. <laughs> yeah, you know but, yeah. Let me find out you dangerous. Man, that's what I thought. I'm going to bring security in here. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah. Yeah, I know some people to this day that cannot go to Canada. Straight turn them around at the border. Well, <laughs> hey, so the stuff that goes on in America is frowned upon in a lot of other places. Absolutely, you know the the things that we accept and allow. Hmm. So, so what do you think, man? Have we? I mean, are we in a place now where hip hop is losing its its uh, place? as the language of the land because we have totally submitted to the dark side. Yes. I think we've gone all the way dark at this point. The the Illuminati that they talked about for so many years, everybody want to be a part of the Illuminati. As positive as J. Cole's always been, he gets on the record with Dirk and says, Dirk said he's been thinking some positive (laughs) stuff. Well, I'm thinking I'm going to catch a body. You know what I'm saying? Like what? Yeah. So Jay, even J. Cole and Drake, who are possibly the friendliest of, of our artists, mm-hmm. have gotten to a place where they starting to the darkness is starting to take over. Right. You see? Right. Right. That's crazy. And, and when when that happens to to the people that we depend on, mm-hmm. like what's going on in the world? Jeez. Like Beyonce's album gotta have a clean version. Right. right. 
What right. is that? What is that? R and B. Did 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 Diana Ross ever need a clean? Because like when you think about Beyonce, you compare her to the, uh, the previous divas: Diana Ross, Janet Jackson. You know, right? Them. They didn't need clean versions. So, no. so is this is where we are in our music? Right. That you need a clean version. You can't even just grab a song off the album, put it in a commercial without cleaning it up. Absolutely. Cause she got that boy from Marcy. <laughs> I mean, you know, hey, yeah. I don't She's know, I don't know where, I don't know where to point the finger, right? But, but at the end of the day, that's a problem. That's a problem because when you when you're selling, like, here's the thing: first, you have to think about children, mm-hmm. and I know that hip hop isn't necessarily for kids, mm-hmm. but there has to be something some way for them to take part in this experience without being exposed to something you don't want them exposed to yet. Jules TV. What's it called? Jules TV. J-O-O-L-S TV. Every hip-hop, I'm not going to say every hip-hop, every popular hip-hop track that Mm -hmm. you probably could hear on the radio, they have took, took it and flipped it into something that's oh, educating kind of kids. Oh, kind of like how Disney used to clean stuff up, make Disney versions of songs. Right, but <laughs> they did it. They kept it hip hop. Um, what's the Meg song? Body yada 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 yada. Uh huh. They took that joint and made it about cleaning your body, taking care of yourself. Same hook, same cadence, same similar beat, but they made it for the kids. And you know something. <laughs> I actually believe mm-hmm. that had the original song come out and been about taking care of your body, 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 probably would have still been a hit. What? It would have been a commercial. What? Right. Colgate, Chris. Can you? Can you? I can see girls in the club right now talking about how clean they are. Ooh, my body's so clean. Right. And ah, body, 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 body. But so the opportunity was the opportunity missed. Absolutely. That was a hit no matter what the content was. It was and, a hit. And here's the thing. Commercial, when you think commercial, you think selling something. Mm-hmm. If you make something that that is acceptable to the parents, they will buy it for their kids. Absolutely. Absolutely. Yep. You see, like, I can go to, I could DJ at a church, mm-hmm. and I can play... Silento, Whip, Nene. Mm-hmm. I can play Soldier Boy. Mm-hmm. I can't play Sexy Red, mm-hmm. Ice Spice, right? Cardi B, right? None of that. Even if you clean it and take all the curse words out, what you're talking about, I cannot play for right. every group, right? Right. But you go back to that certain era, mm-hmm. and I can. Mm-hmm. So we got to get back to. To making music that is acceptable for everybody. And it doesn't, it's not gonna take anything from you as an artist. Right. Right. You know, because the you know, we we had this conversation in an earlier podcast too. The people that you're trying to sell to when you going when you're taking the absolute lowest road, the low road instead of the high road, mm-hmm. they'll make you hide in the streets, but they're not gonna put money in your pocket. No. Right, right. So 
artists, if you really want to get to the money, hmm. get to the people with the money. Right. And the majority of people that have money, mm-hmm. they're not they're not gonna support that. Right. Right. Give them something they can support. Mm-hmm. Fifty Cent as gangster as he was, like he knew to make twenty one questions. Mm-hmm. And he knew to you know he did in the club you know he knew not to make this song so vile and vulgar that it can't be used. Right. I I just had this conversation with somebody a couple of weeks ago. If you look up Fifty Cent music, you actually got to look for the explicit version. Because if you look it up on YouTube, it's def- all edited. It's all edited. Smart. That's smart. Hell yeah. Because now by default, right. The default for his presentation of his brand mm-hmm. is for everybody. Mm-hmm. Right. The exception mm-hmm. is for street people. Absolutely. Yep. If you don't believe what I'm saying, just try it. Google YouTube I mean, I, 50 Cent. I believe it. Sound, it sounds like yeah. smart marketing to me. Absolutely. That, because that's if I type up and, and you know, if I type up um, 50 Cent in the club, you got to think, man, this is one of the biggest hits ever. Mm. Not just in hip hop. It was a huge hit, period. Mm-hmm. If the only thing that pops up is the dirty version, you're limiting the reach that song can have. And it's, it's future impact is forever limited. Right. By the language used. Right. Right. And now if you you can clear that up by simply just making the clean version available. Mm-hmm. And who's going to say, man, I don't want to hear that song no more because he ain't cussing. <laughs> Who said that? Right. Nobody. Who said nobody ever. Right. Right. That's how, you know, and, and artists, every song Every song that's dirty and grimy is just a few small decisions away from being commercially viable to everybody. Mm-hmm. Like we were talking about how Annie Up, right? How strong that song is still to this day. Mm-hmm. It's probably gonna make MOP comfortable for a long time. Absolutely, it's a song about robbery, mm-hmm. but it's. The content isn't so terrible right. that it can't be cleaned up enough to be viable across the board. Like, I could be wrong, but I don't even think, even in the remix with Buster and uh, Remy, I don't think nobody cursed in the track. Um, I mean, you get, you know, you get to all your musicals, your usual suspects, you know, the N word here and there. Um, but it's, it's, the way that the way that those raps are performed, it's easy to take those words out and lose zero impact. Mm. You know, it doesn't impact the song at all. And you know, the first person I, who I remember who um, took and flipped his tracks to make it radio friendly without losing. Well, you didn't have to cut anything. Oh, dirty. Oh, dirty. Oh, dirty. Oh, dirty. I know you're going there. Yeah. Hey, but before we get on old dirty, I want um let's take Annie up again. Mm-hmm. You know, um he goes, Bow, hold that, bow, hold right. that. The dirty version is bow, nigga, hold nigga, that. Hold bow, it. Right. Nigga. 
But you can just take you take the N word right out of there. Yeah. It doesn't impact the song at all. And and it arguably yeah. works better. Right. Right. It's spot on. You don't have to do anything. Yeah. You see what and but other than that, and you don't change and you don't change the content of the song, you know. Yeah. Is but, there any other cursing in the track? Um, I mean there there is, but uh, it's not like I said, it ain't that serious. It's okay. the kind of stuff where you take it out, you don't even miss it. Yeah, you I, don't miss it. I gotta find it now. <laughs> and then a song like Annie Up doesn't scare the general consumer because they've already become accustomed to robbery music. Mm-hmm. Like there have been songs about heists. Right. For so long, Johnny Cash was writing songs about heists, you know, Bob Marley, I shot the sheriff, you know, right. it's like there's always that, you know, that's just, it's, it falls in line with that. Mm-hmm. It's not, you know, right. it's not as scary because it's already been done. Right. And this is hip hop's version or take on the same music that's already been accepted. So, you know, there's no eyebrow raising. <clears throat> with Old Dirty, the cool thing about Old Dirty is he would just re-rap the whole joint. Right. <laughs> Instead of taking yeah. the curse words out. Yeah. He replaced lines. Right. And, um, you know, there have been other people other people to do it, but I don't think anybody is noticeable yes, as Old Dirty. Shame on the new. Trying to win game <laughs> on the new. new. Right. <laughs> I mean, uh, you know, that's that, that, that mad genius that is Old Dirty. Right. Yeah. <laughs> You know, but he became commercially viable. Absolutely, yeah. And better have my but, money. But he's another one too. Even though the content could be just as scary as gangster music on some of his stuff, it was the personality, man. Right. He didn't feel dangerous. Right. He felt safe and fun. Right. And that's that's the the key. To maintain it, if you want to have a have a gangster content, a street content, mm-hmm. you got to figure out a way to appear harmless. Right, right, right. As I was always taught, you better watch that that food that keeps smiling at you. <laughs> Even dealing with white people, you you watch the ones that's over friendly, not the one who quote unquote treat you like an N word. You watch the one that's over friendly. That's right. the real dangerous one. That's the threat. Huh? <laughs> well, that was dope. We need we need um we need our commercial viability back for hip hop to claim its spot at yeah. the top. Mm-hmm. Like we need artists that can make music that the streets enjoy, but can also be listened to on the way to church. Mm-hmm. Something you can play for your kids, right? And that's that's what's missing right now. And every time that any genre experiences a a wave of success that lasts a long time, where everybody's doing things one way, mm-hmm. the person that figures out the way to go another direction, right, is gonna win and start the new thing. Last thing, you know, one person we forgot who Trick Daddy. Trick Daddy was another one. Great, but. Was how commercial, how commercially viable was Trick Daddy though? Uh, what's the track I'm thinking about? Um, well, I'm a thug. I'm a thug. <laughs> that was everywhere. <laughs> it was, <laughs> it was. But but see, he 
he used that same disarming method by having the kids in the course. Right. And it gives, you know, it, it's disarming. Yep. yep. You know, it's like, I'm a thug. Right. But. But I'm for the kids. Oh, for the kids. I'm for the kids. <laughs> that bugle boy jeans you wear. You know they polo. <laughs> you know. So, so right now, I hope that anybody who listens that's making music, yeah. rappers who say anything on a track, the shock value is over. Mm-hmm. Like you don't get any shock value points anymore because it's not shocking. Right, you know, NWA came out and Luke Skywalker came out talking about sex. NWA came out talking about violence. That was shocking. Mm-hmm. Today, it's the norm, right? And what's normal is never groundbreaking. Mm-hmm. So, if you want to be groundbreaking and find yourself in a place to be commercially viable, try that avenue. Try making something. That everybody can rock with. Bingo. Right. We need our commercial viability back. Bring the money back to hip hop. Absolutely. You know? Yep. Fill these stadiums again. Yeah. I could go a little bit further, but I'm just going to, I we think gonna, we should leave it there. All right. We're going to leave it there. Yeah. Yo, it's Capital City Podcast. I'm your host, Capital J, alongside my main man, DL Glass. Let's get viable, y'all. Get to that money.